podcast is a part of Dear Asian Youth, a youth-led magazine aimed towards Asian activism for Asian youth by Asian youth. Follow us on all platforms, Instagram, Twitter, etc. at Dear Asian Youth and at Dear Asian Girl to get updates on all the latest articles, poetry and prose, podcasts, campaigns, and more. Dear Asian Girl, a podcast dedicated to uplift and share Asian girls' stories everywhere. Today we'll be talking about mental health in the Asian community with The Bottle Project. Alright, hello everyone. Welcome to our, what is it, like 10th episode? I think it's our 10th. I think it's our 10th episode. I honestly am losing track because we've done so many, which is awesome. Mm -hmm. 10 episodes is pretty good. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, it's crazy. But yes, welcome to our 10th episode, probably our 10th episode. And my name is Alina and I'm here with Jen. Hi guys. Uh, And today... Yes, beautiful Jen. And today we're talking about um, today we're talking about mental health within the Asian American community or the Asian community in general. We're going to be discussing the stigma, where I guess mental health issues are linked, like what they're kind of linked to within the Asian community, and you know all that fun stuff because you know with school starting in September being like um, suicide prevention month. I think this is going to be a pretty relevant topic. So, yes. Mm-hmm. We're also going to be talking with The Bottle Project later today, um, which is going to be really, really exciting. And hopefully we have some good insight conversation on that. But what are your personal experiences with mental health, especially around the Asian community? Because, oh man, if I were to talk about my experiences, I think it would cover this entire <laughs> podcast alone. So let's start off with you because I can go off on that. No, amazing. Um, But, I mean, I'm, I guess I would say, like, I'm privileged enough to not have, like, seriously struggled with mental health issues. Um, I mean, everyone has the occasional, like, day where they're not feeling so great. So I guess, like, I can't just, like, self-diagnose myself and say, like, oh, I'm depressed because we can't really throw around those terms. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But for mental health, like, as I mentioned, like, I mentioned this in one of our other episodes, I think about imposter syndrome, but I started going to an online school in, like, seventh grade, um, one that was actually extremely competitive and rigorous. So mm-hmm. a lot of my, like, mental health experiences are linked to, like, school, which I'm sure a lot of people have, like, those experiences and mental health being linked to their school and, like, academic system. But as I mentioned, going to a very rigorous school at the age of, like, 12 Mm -hmm. is not the best on mental health. Again, it was online, fully online. I was 12 years old. I don't know why my parents thought that was a good idea at the time. I mean, (laughs) I guess it worked out now, but mental health-wise, I think that's kind of where a lot of my struggles with mental health are linked to is, like, probably academic. But what about you, Jen? Um, So last year, I was actually diagnosed with depression. Um, Wow. Um, I had, like, this whole, like, inpatient outpatient program, which was really, really intense, and, like, uh-huh. last year was just overall, it was so, I don't even know where to begin, I don't want to spill too much information, uh-huh. but, like, it was really intense, and, like, I still deal with it on a day-to-day basis, where I, like, some days where I just, like, don't want to wake up, or, like, I just feel, yeah. like, the symptoms of all depression is there, and, like, that actually happened, like, Monday, and then, like, 
it happens every day, which is a struggle. And luckily, I have that privilege in which my parents are a little bit more open about it, but they're still hesitant, which kind of goes around like the stigma of like mental health in the community, because knowing them, they grew up where like mental health, like you shouldn't isn't your top priority. Um, You need to like focus on like your work and your job. And like, there's no need to like, really think about your mental health. But I guess growing up here, and like the community that I live in, I think I was succumbed to not only like being depressed, but also just like mm-hmm. everything that's just happened to me in the past year has really affected like the way I view myself and the way I view like everything. Cause last year, I'm not gonna lie, like I was so depressed. I was so like, there were days I couldn't get out of bed. There were days where I like couldn't, I like didn't wanna eat anything. There were days where I, like, I declined multiple outings with my friends. I got into, like, wow. relationships, like, that were, like, non-meaningful at all in order to, like, fill mm-hmm. a void or something. There were also, like, yeah. so many circumstances in which I declined <laughs> offerings because I was just so <laughs> sad. Like, I just wanted to lay down in my bed and just, like, cry, no. which I did do. But um, ever since that whole thing that happened where I was, like, forced to, like, deal with my depression and, like, really take a step back, it's gotten a lot better, but, like, Mm -hmm. um, one thing that, like, should be really focused on is that, like, mental health in terms of that is, like, not linear, um, you, like, there's gonna be your up and down days, and that's what I've learned the most out of it, is that, like, I can't always be 100% all the time, like, if there's days where I'm, like, incredibly sad, then I should let myself feel that, because last year I would not I would be like okay no you shouldn't feel this way like but it was actually like a problem like I was actually like the fact that I was diagnosed with it was just like a proven fact that like there was something wrong (laughs) for sure yeah Mm -hmm. seriously I mean as I mentioned like I haven't gone to like an actual like professional who died like diagnosed me so I can't like say that I'm depressed but I think I have had the like average experiences that any person would go through I guess so speaking on like I guess in general like the stigma with it I I mean with your experience you mentioned that you like your parents were more open about that and I think that also comes with like their generation having to deal with it not being a priority as you mentioned Mm -hmm. like my parents like their generation Mm -hmm. uh like it wasn't a priority for them you know and I feel like a lot of the times Gen Z has kind of rewired this idea and really, really, really stressed the importance of mental health and, like, self-care, which I'm all for. I think it's a great idea because at the end of the day, like, if you're not truly happy or doing anything that makes you happy and you're not feeling, like, good in general, like, that's that makes everything else worse in your life. So it's important to prioritize your health because there's nothing more important than that. Like, at the end of the day, like, it doesn't matter if you get this like math assignment done or it doesn't matter if you like or whatever it may be and what matters is if you're feeling like good you know what I mean that probably made no sense but hopefully hopefully people are getting what I'm saying (laughs) going off on what you said about the gen z thing I just hate when the only thing I hate about gen z is like how they make anxiety or depression like a sort of trend especially on tiktok it's like oh if you do these certain things then you're like depressed or if you do these certain things like unless if you're like really really diagnosed with it you have no right to really say that there are some days where you feel sad and there are some days where you feel like 
really, really just anxious just because of the situation. But, like, unless if you've been experiencing those things for, like, months without, like, stop, then there's no reason for you to, like, say that it's a trend. And, like, I think that just, like, pisses me off because, like, as a girl who has experienced it and has, like, lived through it and still living through it, there are, like, times where, like, I see someone that says, like, oh, I'm so, like depressed and like as you mentioned like throw throw that word away like it's nothing it like pisses me off it pisses me the fuck off I get so angry but like I don't have the heart to tell them because like you know I'm too (laughs) nice and I'm just like whatever it's fine but it's fine he's like real mad (laughs) yeah I know just like that's what Gen Z does internalizes everything on the inside like (laughs) no I get it like and that's why I, like, don't throw the term around myself because, of course, I go through days where I don't want to get out of bed or even if it's, like, a week straight. But it's, like, if I didn't go to a professional and they didn't tell me you're depressed, like, clinically depressed, I'm not going to say I'm depressed because that's mm-hmm. just – that's, like, that disregards, like, the people who actually are diagnosed with depression. That disregards their feelings and what they go through every single fucking day. And I think that's – that also is, like, the same thing with, like, ADHD or, like, people with, like, short at- attention spans. People who don't actually have ADHD but throw that term around, like, oh, my God, I literally have ADHD. It's like, no, you fucking don't, Bethany. You're yes. just trying to be quirky. Like, people <laughs> actually have that, like, are, are diagnosed with issues like that. And you just using it because it's trendy or quirky is, like, disrespectful. So mm-hmm. that's, like, why I'm careful when talking about this subject because – as I mentioned, I didn't go to a professional that didn't tell me that I'm depressed, but in general, like, I can speak on my experiences with mental health and struggling with, like, maintaining, like, self-care and happiness in general, so. Yeah. Oh, another word that they also, a lot like, society throws around is definitely, like, OCD and, like... Yeah. Which is mm-hmm. really That's annoying, right. especially, like, in school where you're, like, oh, I have to be so OCD about this. Like, I have to be, like, on top of it. And, like, no, like, that's not the right term to say if you're going to use that. People, like, actually struggle with OCD. Like, they can't control that. That's, like, that's the same with every, like, mental disorder that, like, applies to... That are, like, that's pretty serious. Um, Another thing that I do want to talk about is definitely, like, as we mentioned before, like, the, the stigma around um mental health in the Asian community because um, I know you've had like maybe some experiences on that and I've had some experiences on that where like, I guess I'm not saying they invalidate our experiences, but they sort of do in which they say like, oh, like our work is, as we mentioned before, we talked about this in our last, the last time we were together, how they like say like, oh, it's not as hard as like what we did like back at home, back in the mainland. And yeah, I I feel like we shouldn't talk about it too much because we definitely talked about it like like we had a whole segment on it, but do you want to elaborate a little bit more? Yeah, completely. I mean, like as we kind of mentioned in that episode as as well as like kind of in the earlier part of this discussion, like our older generation had to go through like completely different experiences than we did. So their understanding of like issues in general like disregarding mental health issues is like on a completely different scale than what we understand issues or like struggle as um if that makes sense so I mean I think like that at the same time is like I already mentioned this but like at the same time it's difficult that we have like two different perspectives with like our parents and us 
because at times issues like mental health fall through the cracks because of things like this, Mm -hmm. because we don't openly talk about what we feel as struggles compared to what they feel as struggles because their understanding of what a struggle is or what mental health issues are is different than what our understanding of it is. So, but yeah, you're right. We did talk about this a little bit, so I guess we don't really need to elaborate too much on that, but I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. And then I guess relating to sort of like the Asian stereotype of how we are very smart and how we like don't need any help basically because we are smart. I think that like is really as it kind of all relates really detrimental to a person's health because like what if we do need help? What if we do need to seek out and the fact that they're shunning us out because of it is super like disregarding and sort of like decharacterizes like who we are as an individual because like we're seen as like just one I guess one certain like um ethnicity compared to everything else and yeah um do you want to elaborate on that like the idea that Asians just can succeed without like any help or having any obstacles thrown at them as you mentioned is detrimental and it kind of creates this false image that we can just do it all you know what I mean Mm -hmm. and like I get that that stereotype is different and has different damages than like stereotypes that other minority groups face but it still has like like it still has like negative impacts to it you know and at least like for me speaking on my personal experience when people would be like oh you're asian you're good at math you're you're probably like in advanced math classes you probably don't need help then for me i have trouble reaching out to my teachers when i'm stuck on a problem or reaching out to my peers if i'm stuck on a problem because i'm like no I need to do this myself. I don't need to ask for help. And I feel like that's also interchangeable with like mental health. Um, so like, I mean, as you mentioned, like the stigma that we can just do it all or like, oh, it's not so bad for us because we are like privileged because we're Asian or which honestly, like how is there a privilege that comes with being Asian because yeah. of the model minority myth? Like that doesn't make sense to me. So mm-hmm. I do think those two are definitely correlated. Um, yeah. I think the model minority myth, like, sets such high expectations on what an Asian is truly supposed to be versus, like, what they're not. Um, personally, for me, like, as we mentioned before so many times in the episodes where I talk about how I'm not good at math, I think, like, that precedent in which we are already set upon that stereotype that, like, Asians are good at math sort of just ruins the person's character and who they are. Because, like, what if they want to go into the arts? What if they want to do this? Like, exactly. and, like... I guess that that does majority relate to mental health because if they didn't have if they didn't have that stereotype or didn't have that model minority myth they would be doing all the things that they would want to do and I think that's sort of like the biggest regret in terms of like Asian community is like not wanting to do the things they love but doing the things they have to do in order to like fit this model minority myth or fit like society's norms of what they're expected to do and like what the family expects them to do and then that sort of relates to like the stigmas of mental health in which like oh we can't complain too much because of all the great things that we've accomplished all the stem careers that we're in like to be honest like okay yes we are like very smart and we are in the stem careers but if you notice like majority of the head bosses or the head corporations are white males and I think that's, like, what we, yes. what we fail to recognize is that, like, even though, like, majority of the population is Asian, like, in some of those STEM fields, the yeah. head bosses are, like, white. So I think we need exactly. to take, I think we need to take a step back and realize that, like, we still are, like, um, I guess, 
prejudiced against I guess you can say mm-hmm. yeah no that's a good example because if oh if STEM careers are like so Asian dominant why are we not making up the majority of the people who are like leading these like businesses if that makes sense like mm-hmm. the bosses yeah um and like kind of going back to your earlier point on like the model minority myth and how that sets false how that sets the bar too high and sets false standards for Asians and how that relates to mental health. I think that's a great point because I'm sure in the, this is the same thing in the Southeast or East Asian communities, but specifically speaking on, on the South Asian community, because um, I am part of the South Asian community. Mm-hmm. Um, I've noticed one thing, and this is similar to the model minority myth, but your parents would oftentimes compare you to other people who like, yeah, Jen knows what I'm talking oh, no. about. I saw her face. Oh, Lord. If you, <laughs> and, like, comparing, like, people are like, oh, well, so-and-so is, like, taking AP Calc and they're, like, 12 years old. Well, like, yeah, okay, they're a fucking child genius, right? <laughs> but comparing, like, actually, that's a true story. There's literally a, another South Asian kid in my AP Calc class that's, like, 12 years old. Oh, my like, God. I'm not even joking. Like, it is so – he's, like, really nice, but, like – That's, like, I, the like, rare exception. <laughs> Yeah, I know, mm-hmm. but it's like he's a child genius. I'm not. Like <laughs> I'm just an average person. So again, like comparing like comparing your children or like people in general to another person obviously like is detrimental to their mental health. Like that's related in so many ways. Like I know whenever someone compares me to my sister, for example, like that's hard on me. And that's like one example. And obviously my parents don't really do that because there's kind of there isn't as large of a generational gap between me and my parents um, because frequently in the South Asian community, they get married young and have kids young. Yeah. But I know of like people who have had those experiences and that's happened to me like a couple of times. But anyways, I don't know. Have you had those experiences as well? In terms of comparing, I've, yeah, as I mentioned before, I've always been compared in terms of my culture and the way I like act, not really my academics. So I wasn't really too bad about academics because I think my parents know that, like, like I'm just trying my best and I'm doing my best. So as long as I, like, get good grades and as long as I, like, I don't have to be a fucking genius because that's what they don't expect me. Oops. Had to be sad. Like, I know ever since, like, I, like, got a zero in, like, long division in math, I think they knew that I messed up. Like, they were just... It's fine. Oh my gosh, wait. This is what I was going to bring up. Something about, yeah. you know, okay, when you grew up, were you always seen, like, there's a lot of things going on, like, were you always seen as, like, a gifted kid? Or, like, someone who's really, really smart? Yeah. And, like, I know that that's prevalent in a lot of Asians, where, like, yeah. they're, like, especially in, like, early education, where it's, like, first through fourth grade, where you're like, oh, you're like, you're so smart. Like, you can do this, this. Um, you can read really well. You, like, your reading comprehension is like top notch. Your math, your long division, all of that is yeah. like really good. But then, as a result, like you, if you're seen as like a gifted kid, that means like you don't have to try in order to do well. But now going yeah. into high school with those AP classes, like those require not only just like being smart, but also time management, like how to study exactly. effectively notes. And I think that's something I, 
I haven't like really really struggled with because at least for math and maybe English I was like okay like higher than average but like not as like gifted as other kids but I know a Mm -hmm. lot of my classmates have that like feeling now where they're like oh my gosh I was seen as like one of the smartest kids in my grade but now I'm like having a C in like AP US history or something because I can't study effectively and I think that's like also really bad for like in terms of just general mental health, not even just like depression, yeah. anxiety. And that can lead to a lot of things like that where you're feeling like levels of anxiousness and stuff. And I don't know for sure if you've had those experiences, but I've had like kind of okay experiences yeah. on it. No, I get exactly what you mean. Like, and I see, I see these memes and these TikToks all the time where people are like, if you were like a very, or like a gifted kid in like, elementary school or like whatever kindergarten right you have like anxiety now you have mental <laughs> health issues you have trust issues I'm like period period literally, literally. Yeah. <laughs> it's like because I mean like with issues like that and this is one example that I just realized like I literally just self-evaluated and like just realized this, this is like right now mm-hmm. um but from like being compared to other people when I was younger now when someone like succeeds or wins at something, it feels like a competition with me and them. Do you get what I'm saying? Yes. Mm-hmm. Like, like I thought I was insane for this, but like people around me, like my parents only did this when I was younger, not like to like an extensive amount, like other people I know, but even just the simplest, like, Oh, well, so-and-so is doing this. Mm-hmm. Like this person did like got this on their SAT. What are you doing? Right. Things like that. Now, whenever someone's like, oh, like, I did good on my SAT, instead of being like, wow, good job, I'm like, why am I not doing that? I should do better than them. Well, guess what? They're not good at this. And I'm like, why am I doing that? I need to, like, someone else succeeding is not my loss. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I feel like not only does comparing people when they're younger, or Asian specifically, Asian youth, when they're younger, is horrible to their mental health, but it also causes them to, like, get offended when someone else wins at something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I completely get that like I've had those experiences where I like look over like an assignment I'm like oh they did better than me what am I doing yeah. wrong like what is going on with me why can't I do this why can't I do that and um yeah no I completely get where you're coming from and I've had those experiences where in which like I was always on the receiving loss of it where like I actually just did bad and so then, the, like, I would, like, shit myself. I would be like, what the fuck am I doing in this class if I, like, got, like, a 60 on the latest test while, like, everyone else got an 80? And I think that's yeah. something, like, we need to realize is, like, sometimes we, like, are so focused on ourselves and, like, what's going on. But everyone else is experiencing the same things or going through the same yeah. shit. And I think that's sort of mentioned in America as sort of, like, an individualistic society where we're sort of like every man for itself and the American dream, do this. You have to work hard in order to succeed in life. And that's the same thing with like the Asian community too. We're like also built on that American dream where we're like, oh, if you just work hard in school, you can be successful. Like like if you do like a career in like the arts, you're going to fail as a human being. And I think that's like really bad for Asian youth, especially the people who like, weren't as gifted as much and I think that's like something we need to realize is that like everyone has their own specific talents their own careers and we should just focus on ourselves (laughs) that's yeah 
Um, yeah, so about your point, I realized this. This I don't know if this is in the East Asian or Southeast Asian community at all, but I've been, okay, this is like, you mentioned, like, survival of the fittest, everyone for him, every man for himself, right? Yes. This idea that America is built on, right? I couldn't agree more. I agree a hundred and thousand, like, freaking percent, right? Yeah. And so in the South Asian community, I realized there's such a toxic, like, idea like that as well how it's like every man for himself i was talking to one of my friends who also happened to be south asian and she was telling me about like her her like siblings internship and she's like or no it was like her cousin's internship and how her mom's how her cousin's mom told her not to tell anyone about her internship because then other people would be putting their kids in like internships or something you get what i'm saying (laughs) oh my god so yeah it's really fucked up like like, and that happens so often, like, mm-hmm. someone would get into, like, this program or something, and their parents would be like, don't tell anyone you're in this program, because then they'd want their kids in that program, and you have to compete with them, and it's like, how, why are we pinning each other against, like, pinning one, oh, fuck, can I not talk, pinning <laughs> one another against, like, each other, words, Alina, so I thought I'd bring that up, because that also is really, like, as I mentioned earlier, damaging, because, like, alongside comparing one another, and then then telling like your child or like not to tell another person about their success or whatever because then it makes them want to do exactly what you did because it's like a competitive like environment that's like so messed up to me so I don't know I thought that I'd bring that up that's so messed up I literally was thinking about that like in terms of competition I think that's, like, not even prevalent in, like, the Asian community. That's prevalent, like, everywhere. Like, where you grow up, like, yeah. at school you, you go True. to. Especially, like, like I bet for you it's really, really high because, like, it's, like, a Stanford online school. And, like, my, as I mentioned before, my school is very, like, you need to go to college. So we're all sort of, like, not really competing against each other but indirectly where we don't state it out loud. But, like, we kind of are because, like, it's really rare for, like, a kid to go to like a highly selective school from our area since there's so many kids so like the competition is even higher so I think that's really really like that's really important that you mentioned that because like the competition is so bad and people get so stressed out from it um the wanting to do better wanting to be like 100% wanting to like do better than your peers but also like hiding your success oh my god I can't speak Successes. (laughs) I know, like, what's it's like 10 o'clock here and I'm like losing my mind. No. (laughs) Oh, um, one movie that like I do want to point out that I thought was pretty interesting and sort of related to this, but kind of not. I don't know. Um, have you seen Farewell? I haven't. What's it about? It's the one with Aquafina in it and. I haven't watched it, but I've heard of it. Yeah, I do like Aquafina. It's the one where they lie, like the the entire family lies about the grandma, um, having cancer or something. Like it was like stage four, and they like yeah. yeah. And I think that's like something that's really really interesting is how the Asian community sort of hides the like true like mental battles in order for that person to be happy. I guess you can say or like be content with their life. And I think that's, like, a, that was really prevalent because it was shown in, like, the East Asian culture. But I don't know if it's, sh- like, I need to talk to my mom more about, like, the taboos and stuff like that in the Filipino culture. But do you know any, like, in the South Asian culture where it's, like, sort of similar to that? 
Yeah. No, that's an interesting thing because, like, I think this, again, goes back to what you were talking about earlier about the model minority myth that we're not allowed to, like, portray any struggle because that way we're not successful if we show that we need help. And, like, along with that, I feel like the stigma of, like, mental health in general, the reason why, like, specifically looking about, like, East or not East Asian, Asian women in general, the stigma around Asian women doing things for themselves, being, like, selfish and, like, doing things for themselves is so, so high. So, for example, like, if an Asian woman is struggling in, like, an abusive household, she's not allowed to, like, leave her husband because there's a stigma around divorce in Asian culture. Mm-hmm. Um, at least specifically South Asian. I don't know if it's the same for East or Southeast Asian. So I feel like that also is, like, the same thing with, like, mental health. If someone is having a battle of, with, like, mental health, there's so much stigma around them going out and seeking help for it in the Asian community. I'm not entirely sure why there's stigma around it. I think it's, like, a really deep-rooted issue, but I do, like think in regards to like the example you bring up that that definitely is an issue at least in the south asian community mm-hmm. yeah no that's that's like really interesting that you mentioned like specifically like asian women and like asian girls where they like sort of have to submit their own feelings and submit their own thoughts in order to like f- mesh or fit in with the culture and i think exactly. like especially this new generation that's popped up where we're like starting to like counteract like all the all, like, the negative things that sort of, like, arise or, like, actually, like, addressing the, like, I guess the bad parts of our culture and then trying to fix that or change that for the better. And I think that's really cool. That's the cool thing about Gen Z is that we're able to, like, really (laughs) recognize these. Like, oh, this is toxic. Like, oh, I'm in a toxic relationship. Oh, I'm, like, I'm, like, my mental health is going down. Oh, I need to work on myself. Like, as you mentioned before, like, we recognize the need for self-care. We recognize the need to, like, take care of ourselves and like yeah like put our mental health before anything else as we mentioned before but I think that's Mm -hmm. something that's prevalent still today especially in the older generations like um my mom has definitely experienced that um with like my family in terms of like um being submissive or trying to like make the family happy but actually like ruining her mental health as a result and that's really yeah. prevalent in the Asian community specifically. And Completely. I think that's also, like, I see that in my area as well, where a lot of, like, women are dealt to, like, submit their own mental health in order to, like, benefit the white male or something like that. Yeah. Or, like, stay in these toxic relationships in order to keep the family happy. And I yeah. think that's, like, I don't... As a woman, I would have no clue what to do. I, I'd be so... Luckily, I'm yeah. only 17, but, like, I can't imagine, like, being in that toxic relationship, but wanting to, like, keep the sanity of your kids, like, okay. Because, like, yeah. it, there's so many, like, bad mental problems that come from, like, a divorce or come from, like, separation from a family. Yeah. And I think that's something that, like, the Asian culture especially doesn't want to lose. Yeah. Is that sanity in, for their kids and keeping that family together. Since family culture is such a big thing in the Asian community. Like, family is everything. Yeah. So I think that's, like, really, like, interesting that you brought that up, for sure. Yeah. No, I agree. And, like, talking about, like, Asian women specifically, like, as you mentioned, like, there's such a large, like, 
theme in Asian culture of like family and like always being one, like being together. So like it's always it's always come down to the Asian women who have to give up their self like respect or mental health to keep the family together, as you mentioned. Mm-hmm. And I like it's sad to say this, but I know so many women who are in relationships, Asian women, who just stick around because of what their families will say about them or what other people will say about them. Yeah. And for the people who like Hassan Minaj, he talked about this. And in the South Asian culture, there's this saying, um, my pronunciation will be really bad, guys, but it's <laughs> basically um, <laughs> and that means what will people say? And mm-hmm. every single Asian person, South Asian person who speaks Urdu or Hindi has heard this saying before from their mm-hmm. parents or whoever it may be. And I think that's this saying, like, as I mentioned, Hassan Minaj talked about this in one of his, like, episodes or, like, some, like, thing that he made. But it just, it's it's frustrating to have even a saying like that because yeah. going back to the example of, like, Asian women, the reason why the majority of them don't, and, like, this might just be a general thing for Asians in general, the reason why the majority of them don't go out to seek help for their mental for mental health in general is because of that issue like it's like what would people say if i go and get help for my mental health people be like oh my god she has mental health issues oh my god she's not stable she's not mentally stable she's insane yeah. like, things like that right like people are going to talk mm-hmm. shit about you yeah like in reality why is that even important if you are struggling with mental health issues if you are hurting inside fuck what other people say get better go get help you deserve it you deserve to feel you deserve to feel good. You know what I mean? So yeah. I don't know. I just thought I'd bring that up because that's like definitely a lot where the stigma is linked to is the idea of, oh, what will people say? Yes. So. Oh my gosh. That's such a good point you brought up. Like <laughs> where like if you do have those mental health issues, like you're going to be seen as crazy or insane mm-hmm. because I guess in the Asian community, I know that for a fact in Filipino culture, like if you do have like a sort of depression, like my mom mentioned, or like OCD or bipolar, like you are seen as a crazy person, like yes. walking down on the streets, like the type you see like oh. in like diff- like the slums, or I guess you can say like, and I think that's really, really hard, especially for like Asian youth, because we're already forced to deal with our own mental battles, but we're now like having this realization like oh what if people are talking about us or what if people like are shit talking about like our mental health issues and that sort of diminishes or like subtracts our feelings away from us because we're trying to like like accept or like or not accept we're trying to like be okay with our parents as well and trying to say like oh like like I completely get where you're coming from and like accepting the culture but at the same time like it's so hard um especially with someone with like mental health issues and I definitely have experienced that where like last year my parents have definitely had their thoughts on like oh like oh if you're diagnosed with depression like what will people say about you yeah sort of things like that and like I remember when everything happened last year with like my inpatient outpatient program like my parents were like oh don't tell anyone don't say this don't like just don't bring it up like this like it could like harm your college application it could harm like your relationships your work and like I understand where they're coming from sort of but at the same time I think like I'm not crazy I know I'm not crazy so it's just it's just just like certain days where I just like can't do it 
and like that's something that like we need to realize is that like mental health isn't like mental health is like isn't as crazy as it seems and I think that goes with the stigma and like not normalizing it well enough to have those like to incorporate that in your everyday conversations in your everyday classrooms like we should normalize having a therapist for sure yes like 100% and we also like if we're gonna have mental health we need like better funding for it in our schools Mm -hmm. we need better funding for like peer support programs we need better funding for like therapists and like decrease those prices because therapy I'm not gonna I'm gonna say this like it's also a luxury because therapy is also super expensive and like you need to have like the insurance for it in order for it to be a reasonable price but as we mentioned before like not a lot of people have that luxury of having the insurance having the therapist there and I think that's like something as we mentioned before like needs to be addressed but like Mm -hmm. I think just actually realizing the problem that you like have like these sort of feelings is the first way to go if you do want to combat your mental health issues for sure yeah Mm -hmm. and like what you said about everyone going to a therapist I completely agree I think they should and yeah also it definitely is a luxury to be able to afford a therapist because fucking capitalism guys like literally like we like it makes me mad and especially in the U.S. it's like healthcare should be accessible Mm -hmm. it literally health care helps people it literally keeps people alive why Mm -hmm. are we charging to keep someone alive like that makes no sense and that includes mental health mental health is an issue like we need to make sure that our communities and specifically speaking about the asian community that mental health isn't stigmatized it shouldn't be seen as a taboo so Mm -hmm. i agree um completely and i think what you said was right on right on the dot We talked about a lot of things. We talked about my experiences, your experiences with mental health and how it's definitely something that we need to normalize a lot more and we need yeah. to destigmatize and especially in the Asian community and any advice for like Asian girls there because I think I think that's really important considering we are yeah. our demographics mostly Asian girls. Mm-hmm. No, um, I think, I mean, as I mentioned, like, I have a privilege of not being the most affected by, like, mental health issues, but on, like, I mean, I guess the main thing that I can think of is, like, if you're, like, having issues with mental health, you're not, you're not weak, you're actually very, very strong, and you having to deal with those issues shouldn't, shouldn't, like, be stigmatized. And if you need help, you need to reach out to people because it's not like you, you're allowed to ask for help. So to all the people who are listening, asking for help with anything, but in regards to mental health is not a bad thing. So I completely think that we should normalize doing that. Um, But like, along with that, um, firstly, like, thank you, Jen, for opening up about your struggles with mental health. It's not an easy thing to do considering Mm -hmm. what we talked about with the stigma. So I appreciate you doing that. And I mean, in general, like, to everyone listening like mental health is an issue that everyone has battles with it's different for everyone and don't stigmatize struggling with mental health okay it's mm-hmm. it's okay it's okay to ask for help yeah. yeah I know that it's really really hard to I guess first address that you have mental health issues yeah. and then be actually describe how you're feeling 
So personally, for my experiences, what really, really helped me is writing it down and then talking to like two or three trusted people in your life that you like 100% will support you in anything that you do. And that for me was like two of my best friends and then my mom, like, and then my therapist, which I haven't talked to in a while because I had to (laughs) stop because as we mentioned before, therapy is so expensive. It is. It is. Fuck that, man. Mm -hmm. Also, healthcare should be free. But anyways... (laughs) <laughs> anyways so anyways. ciao anyways <laughs> anyways so that me. <laughs> that's my favorite meme i can't stop saying it i do like it's, it's like it's like you can say it with anything like i don't know but know. any awkward situation ciao anyways so well, anyway so um <laughs> and you do it with the debbie ryan face <laughs> you do it so well <laughs> Anyway, so, girl, what? What was I talking about? Oh, yeah, no, but I think, if you mentioned before, I think just having those conversations every day and, like, checking in on yourself, like, how am I feeling? Is this too hard for me? Is the work that I'm putting upon myself too much or am I doing just enough? And I think, like, the need to just, like, stop comparing yourself, and I know that's really, really hard, but I think something that's really, really helped me is just listing down all the things that I, like, need to do. And then I'm just so preoccupied with it that I don't think. And that's sort of, I don't know for sure. That doesn't work for everyone out there. So take everything that I say with a grain of salt. But that's definitely something that, like, helped me the most for someone Mm -hmm. that is coming from, like, a state of where I, like, I literally last year, no interest in doing anything, no, like, everything that I like used to love I hated so I think like writing down everything has really really helped if you do not have a therapist or you can't find that specific person to talk to because it's also hard to sort of like you don't want to project I guess you can say and that's I think that's another thing that comes with it is like you don't want to feel like a burden so if you don't want to do that then writing down always really helps for me at least but overall I just think take every day like just like a step into like a longer marathon I guess you can say yeah that's the way I see it now is like how am I going to do stuff that's going to help me in the future just today and I think that's something that is really prevalent for Asian community out there because I think we're so focused on the future and what we want for us and how our parents want us to do and I think just taking everything step by step will be helpful Mm -hmm. I love it amazing hi guys I'm here with Ananya and she's from the bottle project and we're so excited to have her Um, Would you want to, like, introduce yourself, say where you're from, anything, like, cool, fun fact about you to to our, like, listeners? Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on this podcast, first of all. Um, It's a really cool experience, Um, something I've not really done before, so I just want (laughs) to take a moment to thank Dear Asian Youth and Dear Asian Girl for having me. And um, my name is Ananya Ori. 
I'm a representative and a vice president of the Bottle Project. And um, the Bottle Project is essentially a mental health initiative that's aimed um, to help students and youth um, make sure that their be uh, their feelings aren't bottled up. So on our Instagram page, we do a lot of games and activities and try to raise awareness about different issues. And um, it's just a good time. We try to help youth out. That's really good because at least for me, in, in terms of my experiences, everything that happened to me in terms of my mental health, everything like was just bottled up and I had no way to like properly i guess i guess like really bring out those sorts of feelings and express it like either like on paper or like verbally so have you had like any ex like experiences yourself in which you've had like mental health issues and if so like how did you deal with it yeah for sure and um also i just wanted to point out that like everyone is different in dealing with their mental health mm -hmm. and it shows up in different ways so specifically for me um i had a lot of stress um due to school um because i'm in the ib program so it's wow. very very stressful um at times specifically in grade 11 uh which was last year i'm in grade 12 now but um it was just a lot to balance because it was a huge jump from grade 10 to 11. so i had a lot of stress um mm -hmm. dealing with math specifically so at times it was really difficult but knowing that i had a team of people and Holy friends God. from the bottom project specifically um to help me out and um, deal with my emotions in a way that wasn't negative or harmful was really helpful yeah, no, that's really good that, like, you were able to find this community based off of, like, the Bottle Project. And that's good, considering you guys were a mental health sort of thing that could have, like, lifted you up and supported each other. And I think that's, like, one of the best ways in order for you to, like, really be benefit towards your mental health is reaching out to other people and really expressing, like, hey, like, this is the stress that I'm having. And then people sort of relating that because you feel like you're yeah. not alone. And, like, we've talked about this before with sort of, like, the imposter syndrome where you feel like you're not good enough or you don't deserve to be in the room. And I think that sort of relates to what you're saying about, like, school and that sort of stress that comes upon yeah. it because, like, you're working really hard for all these things, but you don't feel like you're good enough for these mm -hmm. programs when in reality, like, you're, you're basically smart. You're able to do these sort of things. And I think, like, that's something really important that we need to normalize and we need to talk about. It's just, yeah. like how simple mental health can be because I think we romanticize mental health where it's a lot of like it has to be this it has to be like in the movies but mm -hmm. I think it's just something as simple as like super stressed out from a test or something or super stressed out from this but I think there's a difference between like saying like oh I have this disorder or oh saying like oh I'm stressed or something yeah. like that and I think that's something we also need to realize too yeah exactly um even now just to relate that to something the bottle project is doing is um we're collaborating with another organization called global reform so uh, we're just kind of talking about different mental health struggles and for an order or oh i have um i don't know like anxiety because i can't like watch tv without going on my phone or like it's very normalized as you said um 
it's very like easy to say I, I have these disorders but it goes a lot deeper than that like OCD is not just having your pencils in order like mm-hmm. it's doing a like for example opening the doorknob like six times or else you think like your family's gonna like um have something bad is gonna happen to them so it's really about like creating awareness and like pointing certain things out and telling people hey this is not okay to say um xyz things because people are really struggling with that yeah and i'm like going off like what you kind of said and like i've definitely had those experiences where like looking back i'm like oh maybe i shouldn't have said that maybe i should have said like i shouldn't have said like oh i'm ocd about this i'm ocd about that and i think that's like something that comes with like time and like actually someone calling that out to me and me like looking back and saying like oh maybe i shouldn't have said that because like ocd is actually like a big problem that a lot of people experience and like mm-hmm. i'm sort of downplaying it because i'm saying something as simple like oh i just like like my area clean like there's a yeah. big difference between that and like as you mentioned before like that's that's really good that you guys are like putting that out there expressing it through social media especially since like gen z has like created like such a big platform in order for us to do this like people are going to listen now which is really really good and i think that's like what's so great about gen z is like the fact how normalized we're able to talk about this especially in the asian community because i've realized there's like a lot more Asians that are, are speaking up about their mental health issues and their problems because back then like it's still like a taboo subject as we've mentioned mm-hmm. before um but the fact that like at least for Gen Z kids like they're speaking up through their social media they're speaking up through like initiatives like the bottle project which is really really cool and I would want to like talk about like your experiences like with mental health and like being an Asian as well so what are your experiences on that? Yeah, for sure. Um, Obviously, um, it's like very different for each individual. And um, like, but overall, we know that the Asian community is like not known for, um, you know, like, um, sharing their mental health experiences. Um, I think that's personally because um, our parents and our grandparents, they weren't like, as open about this, like you said, as Gen Z um, kids are. So um, something that I found like challenging with my mental health was just like finding people who relate to my struggles and perhaps I can share my stories with because um like obviously it's not as normalized in um a family like um circumstance so especially here in Brampton there's a lot of Asian kids so um just finding people who I can share my experiences with and they can share there so that we don't feel alone was um very beneficial for me how about you yeah um so like my town at least isn't like as asian heavily populated so Mm -hmm. i found it through social media i found it through like my cousins in the philippines and stuff like that i found it through everything else and i think that's like good that I do have that but I've never had like at least in my town like besides like two of my best friends like there's practically like no Asians in the area so it's like kind of hard and I think going back to what you said how it's sort of like a generational thing how they never were like allowed to talk about their mental health and I think that's like I think that comes with time too and now the more I realize it like you bring up a good point in which like they just never had that opportunity to so that's Mm -hmm. why it's so hard now because you can't just like break like an old habit Mm -hmm. that that has been like accustomed to for your life for more than like 30 years 
Yeah. And I think that's, like, a lot of the older people's view. So that's why I don't blame them as hard. But mm-hmm. at the same time, like, I think if you're old enough, you are wise enough to, like, talk about your feelings and, like, realize that, like, change is good and change is necessary in order for you to, like, grow as a human being. Yeah. So I don't know. I've had, like, I've had, like, little, like, okay, I understand where they're coming from. But, mm-hmm. like, they should, like, realize this themselves. And, yeah. yeah um that's what else do we have to talk about um I'm just gonna and i just ahead. want oh sorry can no, i go ahead yeah okay perfect so um also i just wanted to say like even with that comes like gender stereotypes and how like uh we over social media we talk about like toxic masculinity mm-hmm. and um i feel like a very big part of that is also the way um we're raised th- through our like values and our cultures um like men are often told like oh you can't cry like um yeah. because that's too feminine or like females can't have leadership roles because they're supposed to stay in the kitchen so i feel like that also um relates to mental health in the idea that you can't break out of your shell because of what your parents did or like the cultures and values that have been passed down but um now that when now when we look at gen z we see a lot of um kids that are breaking these stereotypes so for example it's all over tiktok like a lot of asians specifically they're talking they're speaking up about how like um wearing skirts as a man is like not yeah uh, is not like taboo anymore like it it should be normalized and even like men crying or like um women having leadership roles it's very normalized now with our generations and hopefully the older generations see that and um they see that they too can have a shift like you said Mm -hmm. i like that idea that you brought up where like Um, you were born to like sort of fit into this shell or fit into the certain box that like your customs and your beliefs and your values sort of like attain to based on like how your parents grew up or like how your the way like the town that you live in for example like even just as simple as like the certain clothing that you wear or the Mm -hmm. certain like type of lingo that you say like you have to fit in in order to like be safe I guess because there have been so many incidents where people have tried to like break out of the shell of their like own town and they've been like prejudiced against and like hurt against and I think that's like what everyone's so scared of is just like the fear of just like being different I guess you can say in a negative way to the point where they get like hurt because of it yeah. And I think that's, like, really detrimental to a person's mental health because you're sort of, like, in the crossroads of whether or not, like, do I deserve to be happy but also, like, other people will tear me down for it or will I be stuck in this box my entire life? And, like, what you mentioned about males, I think that's really interesting. Masculinity is really prevalent and not a lot of people talk about it. Yeah. And personally for me, like, I mean, I have two younger brothers and mm-hmm. so it's sort of hard like you can see the battle between like wanting to cry and like wanting to be strong and like my dad has sort of had my I know my dad is very um a very strong person Mm -hmm. so he like wants to establish that to the to to my brothers because it's like a tough world out there like if they like you can't cry and I think that's like sort of sucks especially when you're frustrated you have to act like this super strong person and I guess they're sort of diminished because of like everything that's like good about being a male which there are some like Mm -hmm. really good perks 
but I think the thing like we need to realize is like yes like men can wear skirts men can like cry whenever the fuck they want like it doesn't really matter like women can be placed into these high paying like leadership positions and I think that's something like as you mentioned before like needs to be normalized and it it's getting better Mm-hmm. But, like, I feel like once Gen Z, like, really grows up, I think that's when it's really going to shine, yeah. which is really, really exciting. And, like, I ho- hope it does because then that'd be awesome. I but know. yeah. Mm-hmm. I, res- I like that point that you did bring up, like, the breaking of the shell. How have, like... You're in, in terms of your mental health, in terms of school, because I think that's, like, really, really important since most of our listeners are, like, younger Asian girls or, like, girls that are, like, in high school to college. How has, like, your experience been? Especially, like, I guess, like, the stereotypes or something like that. Like, have you dealt with any of those and how have you, like, overcame it? Yeah, that's a really great question. Um, As I mentioned previously, um, Asians are usually stereotyped to be good at math. And um, when I entered the IB program, it's although um, it's not very math heavy, the math course that I took, um, it was very different from anything that I've experienced before so it was like a huge shock to me as well at like when I couldn't do certain things and my marks dropped a lot Mm. so I faced a lot of like um personal crisis like who am I like I've always been good at math like why Uh can't I do this and um even when I would ask like other people they would just be like oh yeah like you're good at like you're an Asian like you're good you're good you should be able to do this like math is easy and that was a very like a huge turning point because I was like um I thought to myself uh that sorry no you're good (laughs) so um, I thought to myself, like, oh, I sh- just because I'm Asian, like, I shouldn't ha- be pressured to be, like, perfect at math. And um, just because, like, there's certain stereotypes, like, I don't have to fit into them. And mm-hmm. actually to kind of counteract that stereotype, like, I also took visual arts. And, like, the whole art and drama and music is often looked down upon in the Asian community. So because it's not like your typical doctor engineer Mm -hmm. lawyer job and it doesn't lead you to those places so um i faced a lot of like criticism as to like why you're taking this course and i feel like when we see more asians in specifically media like pursuing these um these uh, fields of study such as art we should like youth should be um allowed to do it and not criticized for it yeah yeah no um I talked about that with my co-host Selena about like the stereotypes is like for you and like basically every single Asian that's grown up saying like oh they're supposed to be really really good at math and I'm horrible at math (laughs) but I've been like accused of being good at math before (laughs) and I think that's something that like sort of decharacterizes like who you are as an Asian because what if I'm like good at music what if I'm good at this what if I'm good at that and I think that's like something that like Asians were sort of geared or like forced into into liking 
is like those specific careers like a doctor a lawyer and there's nothing wrong with it if you're good at it then like that's awesome like go you but I think for people who like always wanted to be an artist or always wanted to do this but were forced into like a doctor or forced into engineering or forced into these stem programs I think that's like it all circles back around to your mental health and how you're feeling and I think they sort of have like this identity crisis on who they are and Mm -hmm. I think that's like really really detrimental again to their mental health and who they are as a human being and I know like a lot of Asians that have like experienced that sort of thing or like certain like microaggressions like in school and I think it's just so normalized to say like hey you're an Asian like you're sort of good at math right like it's and I think like that's something like I don't think it's it's not okay I shouldn't be saying this like it is kind of horrible that like there's stereotypes for like like any minority in general yeah but like I mean it's I don't know I think I've always had this issue where I'm like okay like is this the stereotypes that are placed upon us like as bad as like other minorities because like for example like our our stereotypes is like oh we're just like bad at driving oh like we're like good at math oh we're probably gonna be like in this this and that which is like sort of relates to the model minority myth and that's a whole other topic that we can like oh my gosh I've talked about the model minority myth so many times on this podcast but like it relates to everything that we talk about and I think it's really really important to talk about but um one last thing is I want to ask like what is your advice to the Asian girls out there that are listening about mental health and being an Asian girl okay for sure um so to all the Asian girls out there um the first thing I would say is don't be afraid to ask for help um although that isn't like um normalize don't be afraid to ask your friends ask your teachers <laughs> ask your um, guidance counselors anyone that you trust and you know that they will be able to help you um, ask them for advice because like a small um, piece of advice or a day to just let out your feelings can go a really long way especially um in school since it's really difficult for everyone um everyone has a different journey so only you know what you need and uh where you want to end up make sure that you're happy with whatever course that you take or whatever um path you want to go into um your parents and your friends will always be there to support you and up to you in the end it's up to you to live your own life Mm -hmm. and you're going to be living your life for whatever like 50 plus years and you're going to be in this occupation for 50 plus years so make sure that you love what you're doing every single day yeah that's that's really well said that was really good Um, you you can follow the bottle project on instagram it's at t-a-h-e dot bottle dot project um yeah but that's really awesome thank you so much for listening again um to our listeners out there and thank you for joining me um it was awesome to talk to you i needed to let all that out um because i talk a lot but that's what (laughs) i love doing so thank you so much again thank you for having me genesis Want more of Dear Asian Girl? You can find us everywhere on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor. We're on everything. Can't get enough? Subscribe, follow, rate, review to get all the updates on the latest at DAG. 
Let us know your feedback and what we can do to improve. We also can be found on Instagram. Follow us at Dear Asian Girl to receive updates about our latest episodes and fun facts about the host. We'd love for you to reach out. D-A-G, Dear Asian Girl, a podcast dedicated to share the stories of Asian girls everywhere. For the Asian girl, by the Asian girl.